Welcome to The Kids Are Alright, the podcast that explores big global issues from a young and fresh perspective. I'm Gareth Lewis. And I'm Amber Miller. The Kids Are Alright was produced by a team of students interested in learning more about some of the biggest issues facing the global community. In recent years, democratic nations around the world have experienced unprecedented political volatility. In this episode on democracy in South Africa, we'll discuss what we learned from the election in May and how voter trends are changing from the Young Democracy and the Liberation Party, the African National Congress. Our reporter for this episode is Leela Rosaz Sharif. Here she is with a group of young South Africans discussing how young people identify differently with politics and the African National Congress, the ANC, than other generations. I'm Leela. I'm a student at Miss Porter School in the U.S. state of Connecticut. I'm 15 years old and just shy of the voting age in the United States. I've thought a lot about how other young people might prepare to vote and inform themselves properly. I'm going to speak to South African students Amber, Rory, and Tabang to hear more about how they experienced the past election in May and what they as the new generation would like to see change. Tell me more about the day you went to cast your vote. What was the atmosphere like? Being South African and coming from a household where it just always got preachings about the ideas of democracy and what it means for us, I think it felt like a momentous moment in my life to say, oh my God, I'm actually getting to vote. And there was this whole spirit of camaraderie amongst South Africans on campus say, let's go vote, let's go vote. And it was such a big moment among staff, among students. The fact that we are exercising our right as South Africans is democratic, full entity. That sounds like a memorable day. I still have a few years before I can vote. You're missing the 2020 election. Just barely. I'm turning 17 that year, and you need to be turning 18 that calendar year in order to vote. I only have one or two friends who will be able to, but I'm really excited to encourage those friends I have who can vote. Amber, what about your experience? So there was a lot of why bother voting. Um, we're dealing with the masses. So any other parties, obviously the next leader up is the DA, but there's a lot of other ones like the EFF and the independent parties and no one stood a chance. So a lot of the feeling was, why bother? But this year was a bit different because of all the animosity with Zuma and there was a lot of kind of scandal around him and his crimes. And But a lot of people finally who were ANC um, supporters started to find pretty much any other party they could back. And those supporters split between DA and EFF. Rory, you're finishing up a degree in politics, philosophy, and economics at the University of Cape Town, where you served as the president of the Student Council. How do the elections play out on your campus? And does the student government typically get involved in national elections? South African elections don't occupy the imagination uh, of citizens as much as like, the American election. I say that because I am obsessed about American politics and I follow American politics very deeply. Whereas in South Africa, we have the parliamentary system and kind of like in Britain or in Canada, an election can be called three months in advance and it will take place. South Africa is a little bit more disciplined than our global north parliamentary system partners who call elections when it's politically convenient. We tend to follow the cycle. So uh, just kind of that outline is really important because my activism preceded the election. So in terms of like the explicit question, I wasn't really involved in um, mobilization or political work in preparation for the election. And 
there's a very specific reason. It feeds into just kind of our later discussion, but I want to bring it up now. Having, you know, I mentioned that I was part of the South African Student Congress. I was the kind of, in America, they call it the student body president. And in South Africa, we call it the student representative council president. The SRC president occupies a far bigger political role in our university system than your student body president does. In fact, the student union, as you call it, I suppose, what we call the Student Representative Council in South Africa is enshrined in the Higher Education Act. So in order for a university to exist, one a university must have an SRC that's duly elected um, and is represented on particular structures. Um, so in terms of just legislation and power, in terms of decision making, it is it's quite important. It's quite an important interest group. So I was uh, the president of the SRC at the University of Cape Town from October 2015 uh, until the end of May 2017, which basically coincided with probably the biggest youth mobilization and activism since 1994, since democratization. And that was around free higher education. And I was deeply involved in that. So in terms of my contribution to the African National Congress's policy point of view and the policies that they adopted is rooted in a whole lot of activism and work that we did leading up to kind of like the policy conferences and the National Elective Congress. Because once that ends, like there's not much room. In South Africa, we don't have competitive presidential elections. We vote for a party, not a president, for instance. And we don't have different candidates who hold different public views. It's very much an internal party process. If young people are looking to have an impact they, they get involved in student politics, which doesn't have a strong locus in terms of overarching national ANC structure at the moment. Amber, unfortunately, some administrative hurdles prevented you from voting. But what sorts of issues are you most concerned about? The two biggest issues I feel are um, we have a big problem with our electricity supply. So we are very reliant on a company called ESCOM. And it's kind of like the monopoly in that they are the sole provider. Other than a few kind of um, renewable energy and solar power companies, the whole country gets their power from a single company. So when they go down or when a power plant goes down, they do something called load shedding here, where they literally will, at different times of the day, block off entire parts of the city's power. Um, And during winter, it was very bad, as you can imagine, with heaters and things like that, taking up a lot of the power. So... People were getting very angry that in today's day and age, we're still without power. You know, you kind of sit and you go, what are my privileges? What are my rights? Another big issue is the crime. So I personally love South Africa, but I've also had a gun to my head. My family's been tied up in my own home. And this is not the typical story of, you know, being at the wrong place at the wrong time. This is having dinner in your house. So There's a lot of crime that has gotten better, actually, in the past few years since I got back. But if you compare it to, you know, Europe or or America, where, you know, two in the morning, you can go to your local garage. um, You could not do that in the daylight. From the stories you've told me of the African Leadership Academy and at the University of Cape Town, there seems to be quite a lot of student involvement. I ask because in the U.S. there is this conversation every election year about millennials or just young people not voting. And we saw in South Africa after the election a very low voter turnout, lowest in 20 years actually. But what's your take on this? I don't think that um, young people saying that I'm not voting is something that's unique to the U.S. It's something that we are experiencing in South Africa as well. Young people decide to say, we're not voting. It doesn't have any real impact in my life. And I think when democracy is based on 
the will of the majority and the majority stops believing in this system that we are using to decide who needs our countries, then we as young people are in a way not, we are not participating in creating this feel of democracy that is important to keep a country running. You find that all the people that are voting are old people whose political views are based on which political party fought for the freedom that they have. Whereas um, the views of young people are that they can take potentially take out a party that's not working for the country because they don't share the same biases and they don't get the the news from the same outlets they give the old people they keep making the same vote every single year regardless of whether the political party is doing the job they're supposed to do or not. And when the young people, the only people with the power in this country to decide whether to keep a, polit a political party based on the manifesto of the politically, based on um, what the party has shown to the people. When those people decide to not vote because they don't believe in a system that has been constantly failing because of the votes that are being made by the older people. South Africa is a majority youth population, but it's the majority, the vast, not even like a small majority, it's like 90% of people in the legislature and in government are old, um, are above 50. Um, and there's a whole history with that because that's the history of being a liberation movement that turns into a political party. So basically the EFF was then formed by the people who were ejected from the ANC. And that created quite a significant political vacuum in the ANC in terms of like young people, young thought. The ANC used to play a very important role in ideological kind of imagination and agitation and we lost that, and all that power and momentum got placed into another party, and that's the EFF. So a trend that I have certainly noticed is that a lot of young people are voting for the EFF, um, and they're not just voting for the EFF because they're young. They're voting for the EFF because the EFF is speaking to uh, their problems. I mean, South Africa faces huge youth unemployment, huge levels of inequality, and all of those things are based on race and apartheid and colonialism. Um, and the EFF speaks the language of radical left kind of socialist politics. And the NC is seen as kind of, so that, you know, the NC is kind of like the Democratic Party in America, a broad church that has like both extremely left people and kind of centrist people. And the frustration with that kind of organizational structure is that, you know, you always have to have concessions, concessionary policies that sometimes don't go far enough. And the impact in the last 20 years has been uh, such that the first kind of post-apartheid generation, people who are now what I suppose, what they call Gen Xs, um, uh, in their early 40s, late 30s, were excited. A lot of them say they felt that they should have done more when they were in student activism. And we basically had to pick up the mantle to realize a lot of equity issues. So in trying to just kind of wrap up, the, the reason why young people are disaffected, it's not just like young people are lazy or young people don't care. That not caring, particularly in the South African context, is so deeply rooted in societal ills, in political breakdowns, in the you know, governing party, not investing in young people as actual legitimate contributors to the conversation, in the Fees Must Fall and Rose Must Fall movement, which I was involved in leading, uh, that they had first repressed. And we were, you know, even though we were members of the party, we were 
jailed, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So I, you know, I wish I could give you an optimistic answer and say that as young people get older, they'll get more politically involved. But I am hugely worried about the trend that we're seeing. In America, um, it's very split down the middle if you're a Democrat or you're a Republican, right? And it's very easy to choose one because it's connected to your values. It's what do you value? What are your principles? Whereas in South Africa, unfortunately, it's a bit of, you know, because of apartheid, it was a bit of a race divide instead of a principle divide. And that has changed in recent years. But there was, you know, the Black Party and the White Party. And that's changed recently because the DEA, which is, you know, quote unquote, the White Party, finally put a black man in as the face. And a lot of the animosity from what Zuma had been doing and all the, the scandals he was in, basically he a lot of the people who supported the ANC now split between EFF and the DA. So who do I vote for? Even myself as a voter, I don't know who to vote for because it's not connected to my values. It's not connected to the problems they stand for. Um, Or maybe they are. And the education's not as in your face as in the States. Like I know in the States that this party stood for um, pro-choice and same-sex rights or whatever I believed in. So that was a big difference in... How do you feel involved in your community? Um, and how do you feel like your party is actually going to, to create the country that you want to live in? Speaking to Amber, Rory and Tabang was really insightful and reminded me a lot of the conversations I have with my friends in the States as we start entering the political realm of society. Following my chat with them, I called Davi Skoltz, a political analyst and consultant based in Johannesburg. Hey, hey, Lila. Uh, hey to the listeners. Um, yes, as she said, um, I'm Darby Schools. I'm a South African uh, living in Johannesburg, South Africa, uh, management consultant most of the time. So working with large companies here and across Africa, but also very interested in politics and uh, closely following South African and other elections uh, across the continent. Fantastic. Um, so you did a lot of coverage about the South African election earlier this year. What stood out to you? So I think it was a, a, a really interesting election for a number of reasons. Um, it's probably been the election in South Africa where you know the most change has taken place um, since 1994. So we've actually had very stable electoral outcomes in South Africa for a long time because I guess such a large portion of the population is loyal to particular parties. And I think this is the first election where, you know, those loyalties started changing a little bit. And I think some people voted for um, new and different parties. So I'd say it stood out for me as being probably one of the more competitive elections or probably the most competitive election that South Africa has had since its um, democratic uh, era, which started in 1994. Uh, That's fascinating. Would you like to elaborate on why the election may have been more competitive this year? And what about the changing demographics as affected the election results? I guess, you know, um, there's this long experience in post-colonial, you know, African uh, democracies where the Party of Liberation generally does very well for about 20 or 25 years. Um, And if you consider the moment of South Africa's liberation being 1994, then we have sort of reached that 25-year mark now in in 2019. Um, And so I think there's um, a large group of former, you know, loyal ANC voters in South Africa who are starting to think about whether the progress that's been made since 1994 is significant enough, um, whether the economy is growing enough, whether economic inclusion is good enough for the sort of um, previously disadvantaged black majority in 
South Africa. And I think there's a group of voters that are starting to think about political alternatives um, and in particular starting to think about uh, radical um, alternatives in South Africa. So we have a new political party called the Economic Freedom Fighters, which is kind of... uh, I'd say further to the left in the ANC, so making very radical proposals about redistributing wealth in the economy, about taxation in the economy, and about redistributing land in the economy, particularly to black South Africans. Um, And I think there's a significant group of people who those policies appeal to. And so that party did quite well and took some vote off of the ANC, who got about 62% of the vote in the previous national election, which was 2014, uh, going down to about uh, 57.5% of the vote, which is the lowest they've ever gotten in a national election. And most of it going to the EFF, which is this new political party, who got up to about 10%, 10 10.8% of the vote, to be precise. Most of it coming from poor black South Africans in South Africa's large urban areas. Where do you think youth voters come into this, both uh, the ones that have just started to vote and the ones that will be able to in a couple of years? Yeah, so I think the youth vote is really critical to South Africa's future. So I think, you know, for the listeners who maybe don't know South Africa that well, South Africa has what we call a very bottom heavy population pyramid. So, you know, most countries have an average age of something like 25 or 26 or 27 because there's lots of old people and quite a lot of middle-aged people and then obviously quite a lot of young people and then all averages out at something like 25. In South Africa, the average age is something like 15 or 16. So there's a lot of young people in South Africa and the bottom of the pyramid age-wise is very big. So lots of young people who are going to be entering the workforce, going to be entering the economy and also going to be entering the electorate, obviously. And so that's a really critical part for the future. And what I think there are two very interesting things to observe about um, young people in South Africa and their engagement with politics. So the one thing which is very interesting and maybe a little bit worrying is that young South Africans seem way more disengaged than older South Africans when it comes to, to politics and to voting. So um, in this election, we actually had really low turnout and driven particularly by low youth turnout and also um, very low registration rates among young people. So to give you some stats on this, you know, in South African elections, we've never had turnout in a national election under 72%. That was the last election in 2014, and it was the lowest ever. Um, and, you know, if you compare that with a country like the United States, where turnout is something like 50% or 55% when turnout is very high, that's actually, you know, insanely high turnout by normal democratic standards. Um, but in this election, turnout was as low as 65%. So it was an all-time low for turnout in South Africa, driven mostly by young people um, staying home and and not voting. And there's many potential reasons for that. Some people say that it has a little bit to do with people being disenfranchised and that no political party particularly represents them. The other observation is also just that, you know, as South Africa becomes a more mature democracy and the right to vote becomes a little bit more taken for granted, perhaps people don't feel as animated to vote as they may have felt immediately after 1994 when that right became um, available for everyone for the first time. So there's interesting dynamics there about lower youth turnout in South Africa. That's the one thing. The other thing I think that's very important to mention about the youth vote is that young people in South Africa seem to be much less loyal, and particularly young black South Africans, to be much less loyal to the ANC than their kind of um, parents and grandparents. So they seem to be much more open to voting for the economic freedom fighters and even the Democratic Alliance, so political alternatives to the ANC. And I think that really opens up the the opportunity for political change in South Africa in future. And I think it's a major point of contestation now amongst the different political parties in South Africa to try to cater for the youth vote and to try to communicate to young people in a way that appeals to them, but also that appeals to their needs in society. Um, So there's a lot of talk, for example, about free education, about supporting people to get into the workforce, 
special kind of workforce training for young people who drop out of high school and so on and so forth. So the youth vote will become, I think, very important for South Africa and certainly one of the, the swing categories of voters in South Africa. The African National Congress still has a majority, but does it have the loyalty of the new generation? From what I've learned today, it appears they have much to prove and deliver before my peers in South Africa cast their votes the next time. We hope you enjoyed listening to this series of reports from young people around the world. The Kids Are Alright will be back soon with Season 3. Think you'd like to join our team? Have an idea for a story? Get in touch with us at info at news-decoder.com. This time next year, you might even hear your voice here. In the meantime, the kids are all right. <laughs>